Hey there, Gator fans. Welcome to another edition of Celebrating 96 here on 1010XL.com. This is Hayes Carlion. Boy, it's the game that took five years off of our lives, or at least that's how it felt. Florida 28, Vanderbilt 21. Uh, this was a really bad Vanderbilt team, and so um, it was uh, it was a crazy game, one in which uh, this spectacular national championship season almost didn't happen. I um, want to let you guys know this episode of Celebrating 96 is sponsored by the personal injury law firm of Harrell & Harrell, a local family firm available 24-7, firm you can trust. Harrell & Harrell, don't settle for less than you deserve. You can reach them at 904-251-1111. So the Gators are, are cruising. It's 21-3 at the half. And uh, even though that's a little sluggish, uh, you would still expect that you know these Gators that have destroyed Georgia and Auburn and LSU and you know got up 35 nothing against an elite Tennessee team in Knoxville, they're obviously gonna you know run away uh, from the Commodores in the second half, and and that just plain didn't happen. The game turned. Uh, Zach Pillar, uh, the uh, offensive tackle, got hurt, hurt his knee in the third quarter. And uh, the next play, Danny Warfel was strip-sacked and uh, was returned for a touchdown to make it 28-14. And then Vanderbilt scored again and actually had uh, two opportunities. They had gotten into Gators territory twice uh, late in the fourth quarter and uh, each time got turned away. But this this was a Vanderbilt team that had scored like two points in its previous S- three SEC games. I mean, this is, you know, Vanderbilt's had some teams that were respectable. Um, you know, this was not one of those teams. They did have a one-man wrecking crew in Jamie Duncan, the linebacker. Uh, he went on to be the SEC Defensive Player of the Year the following year in 97. Um so uh, so anyway, it was a very, uh, very odd game. Florida escapes. Can you imagine how big that upset would have been for that Florida team to lose in Nashville? Um, but they survive in advance. And uh, in the process, Florida clinched their fifth, cons- fifth consecutive SEC East title. Um, and, uh, and again, there were, the numbers weren't bad. Danny Warfel threw for 283 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, two went to Jacques Green, uh, Riddell Anthony, and, and uh, Hilliard also caught touchdowns um but a real sloppy game for the Gators they were flagged 17 times for 147 yards that was the most in the Spurrier era uh Vanderbilt was only flagged six times for 35 yards so an incredible disparity there uh from the officials and uh after the game uh Spurrier didn't hold back he said we just didn't play worth a darn uh we had a lot of penalties a lot of errors so maybe it will be good for us and uh you know obviously it, November was a little tough month for this team you know they were sloppy in Nashville uh next week's episode is South Carolina and and the score is a little misleading on that one it wasn't you know certainly one of their better performances of the year um and then they have the the loss in Tallahassee so Everything was sort of on cruise control heading to Nashville, and then it takes a little bit of a of a south turn before, obviously, uh, you know, a, a dominating win over Alabama in the SEC title game, and then the uh, the ultimate redemption, fifty two to twenty over Florida State for the national title in the Sugar Bowl. So um, this is uh, this is one that is sort of one that I think we all sort of wanted to block out, but if we're going to celebrate the team, we're going to look at every game and. Uh, this is an important game in terms of, you know, this was one where the, the Gators really got challenged. Uh, very uh, 
honored to talk to Gainesville Sun beat writer Robbie Andrew uh, for this episode of Celebrating 96. Robbie has been on the Gator Beat, uh, I want to say since the early 90s, 93 maybe. So uh, he brings incredible insight to the program and to this team. And without further ado, here is my interview with Robbie Andrew. We are pleased to be joined by Gainesville Sun, longtime beat writer for the Gators, Robbie Andrew. Thank you so much, Robbie, for taking the time to speak to us today. Yeah, hey, it's my pleasure to be here. I always think it's fun to to ask guys sort of where they were in their lives and their career during this season. So if you don't mind, kind of let's start there. Can you kind of give us an idea of what was going on in, in your life and your career uh, during the 96 campaign? Well, uh, with the Gainesville Sun, which of course I'm there now still, and I'd taken the job there in 93 after working in Fort Lauderdale for, I think it was 10 years. So I was kind of still feeling my way with the Gainesville Sun and, you know, the year before, Florida made that run of the national title and got wiped out in the Nebraska game. And, you know, they came into that year, I'm thinking, I'm not sure. You know, I think this team's low with talent, but how do you recover from a beating like that that they had against Nebraska? So it was an interesting year coming into it, and then things kind of took off. Were you surprised that they were able to shake off the, the Nebraska defeat uh, as seemingly easily as they were able to do? A little bit, Hayes, because, you know, the day after that game, we went to the the morning after we went to the hotel, and Spurrier, I've never seen him as down as he was, you know, walking around. He was moping around. He was definitely depressed. You could tell. And then he, you know, almost took the uh, job with the Bucks. So I was saying, guys, things are kind of going in the wrong direction now. But when he made the decision to come back, I think that they were really motivated to, you know, to put that game behind him and make another run at it. They they managed to do it. And they they just start destroying teams. Once I mean, even the win in Knoxville is is certainly it, it didn't the score didn't indicate it. But Tennessee scores with like ten seconds left to make it a six point game. They never had a chance to win the game. Uh, and then you know, really from that point, Florida just absolutely destroys everybody. Georgia, LSU, Auburn. I mean, just uh, just an unreal month of of football. And so they're they're heading to Vandy. And Vandy, you know, hasn't done much. Uh, this is a bad Vandy team, and uh, and they almost get beat. I mean, what what was sort of the vibe going into? Was did was there a sense of overconfidence, or was there any? Did you get any sort of hint that maybe a, a letdown or a, a narrow escape was coming? Yeah, you know, hey, that that week after the the Georgia game, that week going to the Vanderbilt game. Spurrier kept saying, you know, this will be this is a, can be a tough game. They can play us tough up there. They've done it in the past. But the players heard that but didn't really pay attention to it because Florida was number one in the country. They just come off a forty seven seven killing of Georgia and Jacksonville. So and they and Vanderbilt was 0 five in the league, two and six overall at that point, going to the game. And no matter how much you talk about possible letdown and try to avoid it, it sometimes happens. And I think that's what happened. And the thing is, Florida got off to a good start in that game, led 28-6, to four Werfel touchdown passes, and then they just kind of went into the tank. And that Zach Piller injury uh, really seemed to uh, to obviously you're, – you're right, Florida's cruising. Piller gets hurt, hurts his knee in the third quarter, and then I think the next play is a Vanderbilt strip sack uh, return for a touchdown, and then lo and behold, you got a game. Yeah, was, they went on a 15-0 run, and it started with that strip back in you know, a 31-yard touchdown run. And the thing is, too, you mentioned the pillar injury, Hayes. The week before in the Georgia game, Jeff Mitchell, you know, the standout center, the real physical senior guy, right. went down with an injury. He was gone for the rest of the year, and they had to go with Wiley Rich, who hadn't played much. And 
but, you know, Vanderbilt saw that. they Their defense, they came up with all kinds of defensive blitz and stunts, and they gave Florida more problems than anybody did all year except FSU. And Jamie Duncan for Vanderbilt was a warrior, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he ended up being the defensive player of the year in the conference the following season. So, uh, you know, obviously uh, he, w- he was somebody that really gave them problems. Did he maybe have the most impressive defensive performance against, uh, against the Gators that year, or was there maybe somebody in the, in the game in Tallahassee that, that stood out more? In Tallahassee, it wasn't one guy that stood out. Hayes was like four or five or six mm-hmm. guys on that defensive front seven. So, but to me, Duncan, he he was a dominant player, and he started. You know, he, that team kind of rallied around him in that game when he had that big uh, return for the touchdown. It just kind of ignited everybody there. And and here's a, a sure sign that Florida was a little bit flat. Though Hayes, they they were penalized 17 times in that game for 147 yards, which is Pretty amazing. Wow. That's a sign of you're not really focused, and I don't think they were focused at all. Now, they obviously end up uh, you know, recovering from this. They beat South Carolina, although Danny was sort of off, but but they run the ball really well, score over 50 against South Carolina, and then they go to ta- to Tallahassee. And uh, What do you sort of remember about kind of where they were at this stage of the season, and uh, were you surprised that, that they got upset uh, at FSU? Not really, Hayes. I mean, you know, FSU was loaded with defensive talent. You know, Florida was undefeated. I, I don't think – I guess FSU was undefeated also, but Florida was favorite, but not a huge favorite. And, you know, playing up there, Spurrier's teams had not done real well up there. And, you know, I knew it was going to be a tough game. And then Warfel got all those hits on him, and FSU made a bunch of plays and got down to the end. You know, FSU just outplayed him in the second half and took, took the game away. What was it like that that week following? Because uh, I'm assuming when I was a student at Florida at the time, so I was a total fan going through this. And obviously, I was a college student, so I wasn't exactly uh, just drinking, you know, milk and eating cookies and stuff like that. So yeah. a lot of this season is sort of a blur for me. Um, you know, going back there, it was uh, euphoric, but a, a euphoric, euphoric blur at times. Uh, what was the vibe? I, obviously, the the you know fans were devastated, but was the vibe? Uh, among the media corps that once they'd lost in Tallahassee that that was it, it was over? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, they only had the one loss. They had to play in the SEC championship game and there were more games to be played. I don't know if anybody was thinking they're definitely going to make it to the title game from this because it took a lot of things to fall into place for that to happen. But to me, Hayes, the vibe that week after the game, Spurrier was pissed. I mean, after the his one press lunch in there on the Monday he took, me and Chris Harry and a couple other writers up into his office and showed us tape of the late hits on Danny, and it was it was pretty gruesome. I mean, you would see uh, Danny Warfel throw the ball, no FSU player in the picture, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere a blur comes in and he gets drilled. And we saw that five or six times. At one point, you know, there was like nervous laughter among some of the writers as Furry goes, hey, this is nothing to laugh about. It's serious. So he was, he was <laughs> mad, and I think that attitude stuck with that team the rest of the way. And in the rematch, they were really ready for FSU. How often would Coach Spurrier do that, pull you guys in and, and show you something? That was the only time he ever did Oh wow! as far as tape. Okay. I know that one day when they were having trouble tackling, he took us out on the practice field to watch, let us watch tackling drills. But that was the first and I think only time he took us in his office to look at tape like that. And he was mad. He was fired up. What kind of a of a coaching job did he have to do, and what kind of a job did the players have to do to sort of lift themselves up and six days later get ready to play Alabama for the SEC title? 
Yeah, that that was tough, but that, that team was very it turned out to be very resilient, and they went up and down the field on Alabama, and and then you know I think the fact that Texas had won earlier that day really got everybody fired up and totally focused on that game, and you know Spurrier had a way of once something bad happens, you move on to the next thing, and I think he did a great job of doing that, and you know then when they got to the championship game, Hazy for the first time in his career he put his quarterback in the shotgun to avoid that pressure, and it, it worked out great. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and it it was amazing, and it it always brings me back to, man, Vanderbilt had the ball in Gators territory <laughs> twice in the fourth quarter. I know if they had been able to, you know, tie the game at twenty eight, win it in overtime, or maybe who knows, maybe they would have gone for two. Uh, if Florida loses that game, Robbie, do you think what what kind of devastation do you think that does to the program? It would have been huge, Hayes. I mean, they were number one in the country at that point, and they'd just come off a year where they went, played the national championship game. And, you know, there's no doubt that the goal was to get back to that game, you know, and win it this time. To get upset like that would have been totally devastating. And, you know, you look back at that game, and I, Florida, their offense was terrible in that game. For them, they only had like, I think it was like 380 yards of total offense, was offense which is awful for that team, which averaged about 550 a game. And then, like I said, all those penalties and the turnovers and the sacks, it was a real mess, and they were lucky to get out of there alive. Yeah, absolutely. This episode of Celebrating 96 is sponsored by the personal injury law firm of Harold & Harold, a local family firm available 24-7, and my friends who you can trust, huge gators. Harold & Harold, don't settle for less than you deserve. Robbie, is as you get to the night before the Sugar Bowl and Arizona State gets upset, what is the vibe on Bourbon Street and, and around the team uh, 24 hours before the the rematch against the Knowles. Yeah, people were going crazy. So I remember in the uh, hotel, it was a giant atrium hotel, and I, I don't think the team was staying there, but all kinds of Florida fans were there. And when that game got pulled, when that upset happened, people came out of the rooms and were banging on the walls, cheering, going <laughs> crazy. And then, you know, big party on Bourbon Street. And, you know, there were, they were. Florida has a chance to win the national title against the team that had beaten them earlier, but you know, a Florida team that was definitely determined to get revenge on them. Was there any, you know, Danny wins the Heisman, and yeah, I don't remember exactly the history at that point, but I know that we've had runs where the Heisman winner has really struggled in bowl games. Was there any concern that that could happen, that because of the obligations of, of the you know winning the Heisman and the things you sort of have to do, uh, the, the obligations that you have in, in the weeks after that, was there any concern that, that could affect Danny, or was there just such confidence that you know this is somebody that yeah he can have an off game? He was off against South Carolina. I think he was eleven to thirty four uh, because he's he's a he's a human. He's not a, a robot. But yeah. was there any concern, uh, you know, that 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 could affect uh, his preparation or the offense's ability to be pre- as precise as they would need to be against FSU in, in New Orleans? Yeah, hey, no, knowing Spurrier and Warfel, I, I don't think that, that they were worried about. It that becoming a distraction. I think they knew he would be ready to play his best game. The big concern was that FSU defense, which had harassed him so bad in Tallahassee, you know, several weeks earlier and didn't give him time to operate the offense. So to me, the big concern wasn't a distraction from the Heisman, but, you know, what they're going to be facing in that FSU defense. And Spurrier was really uh, confident going in. He, He said, you know, if they want to play physical, we're going to play physical. And Florida's offensive line took it to him. I always think it's interesting. We can't cheer in the press box, and uh, and every every sports journalist knows that. But there's certain moments where there is a buzz. Not it's not cheering, 
but there is some sort of of a buzz or a, a guttural reaction when you see something extraordinary. And uh, you know the the example I would give uh, for me would be the Jarvis Moss block uh, in 06 when Florida uh, narrowly escaped South Carolina. You know, I, yeah. I, in that press box, I don't. A lot of guys go on the field. I was still up in the press box, and there was again not cheering, but there was just this audible like reaction from people because you know we're all diehard sports fans, and you're seeing something you know incredible happen. When I Killyard stops on a dime. <laughs> And and scores on that touchdown. Do you remember? Do you have any? Was there any sort of reaction that you remember from uh, the press corps? Yeah, it was just kind of like a collective. Oh wow, what, what in the world was that? <laughs> you know, that was an amazing move. And then there was another, another couple of them in that game. Hayes, where people kind of react with, "My God, Warfel running for a touchdown there in the second half, where he scrambled out of the pocket and somehow made it to the corner of the end zone." And then when Terry Jackson broke loose and pretty much sealed the game with that long touchdown run. It was kind of the same reaction, like, gosh, all these big plays against this defense, who saw it coming? And what was sort of, so kind of what's your night from that, Florida wins the game 52-20, to so what's your night that night, and then the next morning, I think, Florida does media uh, to sort of get the, you know, do kind of the post-national title press conference with the trophy and everything, and, and they're in street clothes, and then you have the celebration in, uh, in the swamp, what was that you know night and that following forty eight hours like for you? Yeah, hey, so the thing is, you know, you, after the game, you're, you go to the uh, press box or the locker room. You're writing under deadline. Then when we're done with that, we're told we have to put together a special section, which is due at six in the morning. So <laughs> what it amounted to was uh, while everybody was uh, celebrating on Bourbon Street, Pat Dooley and I were in our hotel room packing out stories for a special section. So. It was a long sleepless night, and then early press comes in the morning, and then home. What's it like to have that that project and and be able to kind of reflect back on it? Because it is, it's so much work. But uh, in some instances, it's a labor of love, right? It is, Hayes. Because you know, how many times in your life as a writer are you going to be in that situation where you're covering a team that just won a national championship, and you're putting together, you know, a commemorative special section that people are going to read and keep for a long time? So. Yeah, it was one of those things where you're working hard and it doesn't bother you all. You kind of think, this is pretty cool. Robbie, you've got such a amazing insight into this program, uh, you know, is, you know, still covering it. Uh, what do you think happens to the program if they had lost the Sugar Bowl to Florida State? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, then they wouldn't have had a national title and maybe Urban Meyer doesn't come. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's amazing, Hayes, you mentioned that, you know, the field goal against South Carolina, the block. What if that doesn't happen? Right. South Carolina wins that game. Spurrier celebrates on Florida Field and no national championship for Perry Meyer. So there's these few little plays that make such a difference in the direction of the season and the program in general. So, you know, it, it, little, thing, little things have to get taken care of. It's amazing. It's why we love it, I guess. Uh, it is. You never know what's going to happen out there. <laughs> you never know. Well, Robbie, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on Celebrating 96. We certainly appreciate yeah, it. We've, yeah, uh, it's my I, I can I know I can speak for for all Gators when I say we've certainly enjoyed your coverage uh, over the decades and and we'll look forward to to more. But uh, but thank you so much for your contributions. Thanks, Hayes. I appreciate it. All right, that was great stuff from Robbie Andrew. Really appreciate his time and uh, 
Boy, it was uh, it was a surprise. Uh, again, they kill LSU, Auburn, and Georgia. Even Spurrier, I think, showed a little bit of uh, of of not overconfidence, but of can this team keep it up? Uh, I mean, he actually asked that question at a at a press conference. I think the the Monday before the Vanderbilt game, he said, you know, can we keep operating at full throttle like this? And and obviously they couldn't. Most teams can't. Uh, and so. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was definitely a, a sticky ending for the Gators in Nashville, and one that, uh, like I said, I think if you've got uh, if you're a Gator fan with any gray hair, uh, this game probably gave you a couple. But um, but anyway, but the Gators win uh, final 28-21 over Vanderbilt. Um, really appreciate Robbie Andrew joining us from the Gainesville Sun, and uh, want to tell you again, remind you this episode of Celebrating '96 is sponsored by the personal injury law firm of Harrell and Harrell, a local family firm available 24/7, big enough to take on those big insurance companies, uh, but small enough that you're going to get that essential personal attention that you need when you call them. They know who you are. You're not a number. They're going to take good care of you. Harrell, Harrell and Harrell don't settle for less than you deserve. And again, you can reach them at 904-251-11. One one. This is Hayes Carlion. Thank you for listening to Celebrating 96 on 1010XL.com.